Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. It takes a second. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Astros Baseball Podcast. I have a very, very special guest with me tonight. She is previewing the Yankees v. Astros series that is basically upon us. Emily, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm very excited. This is like a long, I don't know, I've I've been very excited. before we get started, uh, would you want to tell everyone where they can find you at on Twitter and where they can find your podcast app? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mshedoesit, E-M-S-H-E-D-O-E-S-I-T. And Breaking Balls, we released, actually we're changing our release date starting this week. We release episodes every Thursday now, and you can find us on Twitter at BreakBallsPod. That is excellent. You know, you have a... I just want to pay you a huge compliment. You have a fantastic podcast. Um, Thank very you. high production quality. Uh, hats off to you. But let's talk about this series. So let's jump straight in. Um, the Astros are starting Zach Greenkey on Tuesday, and you guys are starting. Uh, who are you guys starting on Tuesday? Kluber just pitched, so probably Herman, I think. Oh. Okay. Okay. So how are you feeling about that matchup? Uh, as far as your lineup goes, how do you think that Zach, uh, Zach will fare against um, the Bronx Bombers? You know, it's, it's, I wish that I could definitively say one way or the other, but this, the season so far has been a rough start for the Yankees, as I'm sure you are aware. And so are all your listeners and they just went off against the Tigers. And of course it's the Tigers who are really, really crappy team. So they have the confidence. They were swinging the lumber really well this weekend. It's a toss-up. Like I think that they're going to stay hot. I think that uh, this lineup is, is now starting to get into a groove, which is not good news for the rest of the league. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't really say too much. We got, I think we got swept by the Tigers. But <laughs> to, to our defense, it was our former skipper in a ballpark that he knew very well. If it's a team he knew extremely well. So. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because we lost to basically everybody that we played in the beginning of the season. So I, I'm like laughing at you. We lost to the Orioles who usually we absolutely steamroll. So maybe I should have a little bit more humility. I feel like, yeah, the baseball gods have just their own set of plans at the beginning of the season. And in the postseason, but it seems the most chaotic at the beginning and right at the end. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm terribly excited. Um, I think that uh, the Astros are a bit of in the same position. We 
uh, the, those guys have started clicking. Uh, their offense looks pretty good. You know, we have all of our players back from COVID protocol. Thank goodness. Uh, cause it was making me real nervous. Um, and, you know, with the exception of today, Chris, uh, well, I don't think Javier is actually going to pitch since he pitched today. So on, I know for the Astros, we have Zach Greenkey on the mound Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have Luis Garcia. Uh, that might change. Uh, and then Thursday, we have McCullers. And I believe that Cole is pitching on Thursday, correct? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The, though, to be honest, the rotation sometimes doesn't make sense to me because I always thought that Kluber was going to be the number two, but, oh, wait, yeah, Cole pitched yesterday. So he is. So tomorrow, I guess maybe Tyone? I'm not sure. I'm the worst fan when it comes to pitchers. I, I pay, like, such little attention to the pitchers besides Cole that it's – I feel like kind of a jerk because I'm such an offense – heavy fan. I I love the position players and I love the hitters and the pitchers. I'm like, just go out there and do your job. I don't really care who you are, what day you're pitching on, except for Cole. He's the first (laughs) in my fandom that I've been like, oh my God, Cole pitching today. (laughs) Crack me up. Um, Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I don't, um, I mean, you guys have some some decent pieces in your rotation. You know, Kluber's all right. Uh, Cole, I guess, has been the more standout piece for me. Um, and uh, the Tyon, is that you, you, that's how you pronounce his name? It's Ty. He says it's Tyon, like a tie that you own. That was oh, exactly how he Ty- said it when we first signed. Oh. Yeah, Tyon. I learn something new every day. I am <laughs> a, bet, a better woman for recording this podcast with you. Um, Tyon. <laughs> So those are the two most uh, respect with all due respect. Uh, some of the rotation, like ours, is a bit of a is a bit rocky. But um, you guys do have a pretty when your offense is on, your offense is on. Uh, and I've got to say, you guys are one of the only teams that I'm a little like very nervous to face. Yeah, I mean that's how this team has been built. Like, I, you know, I, I don't. I don't blame Kluber. He he pitched really well today. I don't blame blame Tyone for any of their struggles because they were big question marks coming into the season and the Yankees gambled on them. So if they struggle, I'm not going to be like, oh, F these guys because, you know, they're not to sound like a soccer mom, but they're doing the best they can. Neither of them have <laughs> been like over a year and so far so good. But the reason why the Yankees always go that route with pitching is because the, line, the lineup is so stacked that – they should be able to score four runs, five runs. They should be able to outscore their opponents. So when that doesn't happen, we saw what happens in April, and they lose, you know, half the games that they play when the when the offense is anemic, even if the pitchers pitch well. So that is the biggest thing that I'm nervous about this week against the Astros, because no matter how badly both teams are playing, this is now like its own little rivalry. So there is always, even though it's, the first week of May, both teams are at like 500 or something right now. This feels like a playoff atmosphere almost. Like I'm nervous. I, I don't want to lose because then you guys will have so much shit talking on, on Twitter that I don't know if I'll be able to take it until they play in the post. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot riding on this series. That's what somebody said. Oh, uh, now that we're done in Tampa, we head to the uh, Yankees, the Astros World Series uh, <laughs> in May. <laughs> But um, are you going to go to any of the games this week? You know, I was hoping to. I was hoping to get to a few games, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it happen. I just went, took time off of work last 
uh, about a week and a half ago. I was in Florida for a week, so I don't know if I'll be able to take the time off, but we'll see. So my, my job is pretty cool. I'll see if I can maybe sneak there one of the one of the games. Well, if you do, I know that um, I, there's a few uh, Astros fans in from New York that have a few uh, tickets available if you are interested. And Thank I'll you. Details if you are. Um, so what do you think will be... Um, who do you think are going to be the biggest uh, offensive stars in the season? Who are who's primed for a good series, and who are you really concerned about in the lineup? Um, I think that Judge and Stanton are they're both swinging the bat really well right now, and, and when they're healthy, you know, there's there's few better hitters in the league. So I think that um, they're going to have a very good series. Uh, my concerns in the lineup. Um, Glaber has been struggling a lot. He struggled in, in last year, but I, you know, last year was an anomaly of a season. So I don't really hold any of the players to their performance last year, but his struggles have continued into this year. And, and I'm confident he'll, he'll get it together by, you know, June or the end of the month, but hopefully sooner than that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to struggle against the Astros this week. He's putting a lot of pressure because, you know, this is what did Yogi Berra say this game is 90% mental and the other half is physical. So <laughs> it becomes, these guys know what to do. Their bodies know what to do. They know how to hit, but it's just a mental game. So they start to put pressure and they start to press a little bit. And that's what Glaber is doing. And I, he'll get out of it, but I don't know if it'll be in time for the series. Yeah. I think right now for the Astros, I think my biggest concern would be, I think Jordan Alvarez has been struggling a little bit because I think some of the league has adjusted to him. Right. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll get it figured out though. He's primed for a good uh, series and uh, Miles Straw and Kyle Tucker, they both have kind of, uh, they both, uh, Kyle Tucker has the worst luck. He'll ground into a double play almost every time or he'll pop by or he'll get robbed of a home run. And it's like inches, maybe centimeters away from being a home run. <laughs> uh, uh, everyone else in the lineup though, they're, I mean, Altuve maybe defensively because he's had a few hiccups that have just make me wonder. Right. Um, and I just like, I, I don't know how some of those young guys are going to respond to. I mean, because some of the guys, like they have to know that they're going into the belly of the beast. So they yeah. should, they should just like mentally prepare. Like I know that I've been mentally preparing for over a year now uh, because <laughs> I bought tickets, like I bought tickets to, Every time the Astros played on the East Coast, and this was before they announced like the shutdown and the minute like tickets went on sale, I bought tickets to every game on the East Coast that the oh, Astros played. And oh, I got I ended up getting all my money back, but like I've been I'm so ready. Uh, so what do you miss most about going to live baseball games? Oh man. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> Everything. Uh, I, was, I was just kidding. I was just saying it because I have a long list. <laughs> um, everything. I miss probably the, what I miss the most besides the smell of the fresh cut grass and, and the smell of, all, of everything in the ballpark. But the weird camaraderie that you have with the people that sit around you, that you may have, you'll never met them before and you'll never see them again. But for those three hours, you're all fans of the same team. You're sitting there and 
they end up becoming friends with you and you're talking, you're laughing. Like I miss, I miss that. I miss the, the sort of not to sound cheesy, but like almost like the community of we all love the same thing and we don't know each other at all or what the rest of our lives are about. But when we're all here together, we're like high-fiving when we walk past each other. Like that sort of thing is something that I miss. And I think that that is seriously affected by how isolated we all were last year that in years past, that would not have been the first thing that I said, but now because we <laughs> barely saw people now I'm like, give me all the people I want to interact with everybody. So basically that. I agree now. And I think like, uh, and I mean, I'm, Oh, I root for the Astros. I ride hard for them, but I've also, I understand that I'm in someone else's house. So I am, sure to be as respectful as possible without simping for like the Yankees, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I looked at, so this is what the Houston Chronicle, cause the Houston Chronicle, uh, laid out our rotation and they said that, um, on, and I checked the ballpark app. So it says, uh, Herman, is that how you pronounce his name? He's going to start Tuesday. Yes. Montgomery's starting Wednesday and then Cole starting Thursday. Um, as far as a uh, pitch selection, uh, are you familiar with uh, what the biggest weapons for either uh, any of those uh, gentlemen would be? Oh, man. Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, um, I don't really I'm not following pitchers that closely, so I'm not even really sure, to be honest. Great. I'm going to sound like a total idiot to anyone listening. They're going to be like, who? I'm not listening to her podcast. She sucks. <laughs> Uh, listen, if anybody is listening, you better listen to her podcast. She is a gym and, yeah. uh, I will not, I will not take any, uh, I will not take any Emily slander. You hear, yeah, I, you, you hear I, that I, listeners? I'm a knowledgeable fan. As far as the pitch arsenal of these guys, I'm not that knowledgeable. <laughs> they have uh, fastballs and then they have off speed stuff. That answers anyone's question. That's it. I mean, that's essentially like, a. Zach, uh, Zach Greenkey, he's got his slider, which he may or may not throw again because it's gotten him into some trouble this season. I know that uh, he is, he loves to mix in a good EFIS pitch every now and then. But oh, yeah, it was like a 51 mile uh, <laughs> EFIS that he threw, and I just, uh, I drew it like both sides. Like it didn't matter which team that you were rooting for, like everybody went nuts because I think it was just, it's brilliant when he does that. Um, Luis Garcia, he's a, He's a, he's a young guy. Uh, he's got, um, he's got pretty good stuff. I think that, uh, I don't know how he'll react to Yankee stadium, but I do know that, uh, he, he does a pretty good job of holding his own. And I think McCullers is going to come out swing, like come out firing. He is, he's a cocky dude. He's got <laughs> some good attitude, but he can also like, for the most part, back it up. But, um, all right, I pulled it up here. Oh, sorry. I got I got some info now. All right, so with Herman, it looks like he basically relies, well, this year anyway, which is, of course, a small sample size, but he's basically been relying on his curveball and his four-seam fastball. He'll mix in a changeup and a sinker here and there, but those have been the two primary pitches that he's been going with this year. And he started out a little rocky, but his last two starts, he's looked pretty sharp. So I think that he's going to continue on that. And with Tyone, he's been relying basically on his four-seam fastball. Everything else, he's thrown the slider, the curveball, and only the changeup maybe a few times. But it's weird with he and Kluber because they're 
they're obviously not rehabbing anymore, but there is something to be said, especially for any pitchers, but certainly those that just come off of being injured, they start a sort slow. So it makes sense to see on Tyone's pitch chart that he's not really thrown that much breaking stuff that he's just been sticking mostly with his fastball. So that could change come this week. And I would imagine it'll change over the course of the season when he starts warming up a little bit more. Yeah, I fully expect, as much as I enjoy, like, I am so stoked for the series, honestly, this week, uh, but uh, I sort of wish we were playing each other a little later in the season so we could really see each other, like, a September matchup or, like, an August matchup would be sick. Oh, my God. Because at that point, everyone's firing mostly on all cylinders or they're out of gas and because uh, they're approaching the finish line. Um I I think that the Astros will get a, a good run for their money because you guys are nothing to shake a stick at. I while I am not a Yankees fan, I do respect the fans and I do respect you guys. Um, but uh, well, likewise, I'm not an Astros hater by any means. Like I love the rivalry, but. I love Correa. I, I, I like Altuve. I like these players. So I will watch the Astros pretty frequently. I mean, I watch the Padres more than any other team besides the Yankees and the Mets, but the Astros I've been watching lately. And if I can be honest, it's kind of because I'm doing some low key scouting of Correa. Cause I'm hoping that the, no. Yankees, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see that. Oh, why wow, you hurt me so good. Damn. <laughs> I know. I'm so sad to see him walk because like, if they weren't willing to pony up the money before, and I understand they have every right. And I talked to Rob about this, like, I don't know, like everybody can play GM from their like armchair GM or couch GM. But like me personally, like with Korea, what I would have done, but I don't know the inner workings of baseball contracts. I would have seen him, like I would have given him what he wants, but on the content, like with a contingency that you have to do you, it, it means you have to get X amount of innings this season and it has to be injury free. And if we see, if you can demonstrate a pattern of high performance over a 162 game season, give us like one or two, like a, like a, like a two year contract with like a eight years on the back end or something or whatever he was wanting. Cause I think it was a little bit unrealistic cause he's not played more than uh, God, I think it was like a hundred and it had, he had not played a full season almost since he got called up because he was injured in 17. He was injured in 18. He was injured in 19. Uh, It's been, it's been rough. So I think for him to ask for a three, like he was wanting like Francisco Lindor type money. Uh, And as far as I know, Francisco Lindor can stay healthier longer than like 60 games at a time. Yeah. I I think that, I think that Correa, he's young and he provides uh, a lot of value even when he only plays 100 games, maybe less. So I think that, you know, any contract is a risk. And as fans, when we have players that have been injured, I think that it's, you know, we we tend to – and this is – I'm speaking from experience as well because with Judge and Stanton, they've been on the DL uh, – IL, excuse me, pretty frequently in the last few years that 
we want, we, we go the extreme. We assume that, well, if they have someone else here, they're not going to get that injured. And it's like, well, the reality is most players spend some time on the IL. Sure. You have a few that will play 150 plus games, but how common is that really? And, and um, that question is kind of rhetorical because I have no idea. And in this day and age, because the players are worth so much and I hate to speak of them as if they are not human and they are like commodities, but they are, these teams are investing millions and millions of dollars and years and their contracts are guaranteed. So they're not going to run them into the ground anymore. They're going to rest them. They're going to, if they have a hangnail, they're going to put them on the IL because they want to try to get as much value out of the contracts as they can. And the Yankees have finally started to manage the team with what they have. Judge is now on a rest schedule to keep him healthy. And Hey, if he only plays 130 games, I much prefer that than him playing like, you know, six, seven, eight weeks straight and then being injured and on and on the IL for a month or, or six weeks. So I think that we're in this like this weird gray area where the game is changing rapidly in a lot of respects and the teams aren't catching up to it as much as we want them to because they're still managing players like as if how they were managed a decade ago and the game is a lot different even then from how it was then. So I think that we're in a bit of a learning curve here of how to manage athletes and manage their uh, health, which is sucks as a fan, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I'm glad to see, because I think it was last season or the season before last where you guys did away with some of your, uh, strength and conditioning staff and you got new people in there but like I at the beginning of every season I was like it would blow my mind I was like oh my god I mean because you know fitness and training and like strength conditioning that's my wheelhouse Uh, that's my area of expertise um just amazed me how they would manage some of the players so um uh, I'm happy that like things are being managed differently I think that uh I, I with the exception of you, I think a lot of Yankees fans don't give Aaron Judge like a a fair shake, and uh, I just I feel bad for some of the flack that he catches. Uh, and it's some way like uh, it's the same way with like Korea. Of yeah, of course I'm disappointed that like I was disappointed that he was injured so often, but I do know that he also uh, is capable of really great things, and he's an incredible leader on the field, especially since you know we have a lot of young guys in the bullpen which I've got to say I am endlessly impressed with. And I really hope at some point we get to see a lot of innings out of, hopefully in the Bronx, we get to see a lot of innings out of Kent Emanuel because there was like that game like a week ago, two weeks ago, where he absolutely went in and shut it down. It was impressive because Oda Rizzi is now on the IL with like a right pronator strain. Oh, yeah. I think I have one of my fantasy teams. Oh, you do? I'm pretty sure I do. I'm so, I'm the worst fantasy player. Like I even warned <laughs> someone on Twitter, this uh, gentleman Ed, he's a Dodgers fan, and he messaged me um in the beginning of the season was like, Hey, would you like to play in a fantasy league? It's a keeper league. Someone was leaving and I was like, Well, I you know, I'm kinda bad, like I will forget and then I will be losing a lot, so I won't put the lineups in. He was like, No, no, come on, come on, do it. And Lo and behold, I don't even know who's on my team. I'll set it like every few weeks and I feel bad. He'll message me being like, uh, you know, so-and-so was injured. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go take care of it. But I'm pretty sure I have Odorizzi. <laughs> That's me. Like I knew like the season I wasn't, there was no way I was going to do fantasy baseball because 
I barely, I barely did it the last few seasons. But um, let's see if, if anything else I have uh, to ask you. Um, oh, and real quick, back yes. to you saying that Correa is a good leader. And I know this is hopefully uh, a majority of Astros fans are listening to this podcast and not as many Yankee fans, even though I did say it on Twitter. But still, um, I that's what I love about Correa. And I know that he got a lot of flack. And even from me, when um, the news broke that uh, they had gotten caught or whatever, and it was clear that the team had decided that he was going to be the mouthpiece because he was the one that was speaking, which I think was a great decision as a team, that you don't want everybody responding to the media, with especially with something like that. And I know a lot of people didn't like it because he was brash and he was sort of like, go F yourself. But I love that. <laughs> me too. I've never, I've never played a professional sport, but I played – uh, sports uh, through college and that team cohesiveness and someone just sticking up for their team, even in the face, even if they were wrong, they knew they were wrong or whatever they got caught, but what did everyone expect? And I, I really respected Correa for that. I respected Dusty Baker a few weeks ago when he stood by his team. So people don't like that. And they, they want these guys to like, I guess, get on their knees and beg for forgiveness. And that just isn't going to happen. So I respect them just being like, yeah, we did it. Sorry, but what else do you want from us? And Correa sticking up for his team, even though he was only like 25 years old at the time, he had a lot of balls and I respect that a lot. Yeah. That's like, that's the thing I love them. Like I love number one, like his leadership on the field and off the field regarding the team. And I also love the fact that he is a really good, hypothetically speaking, if he, he does end up in the Bronx, which it would very, it would, I would cry for a very long time, but um, he would, he would gain a great community leader because the work that he's done with his foundation with pandemic relief and, uh, you know, uh, the, especially the work that uh, anything to do with like children or family, like he and his wife do such a good job of uh, maintaining and taking care of the community, which is what I really, I think, appreciate about most, a lot of the players is that all of the players on the team, I mean, the young ones, they are still trying to figure things out, but most of the players on the team, they are, they've built a really good relationship with the fans and with the community. And, um, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss them. I'm just going to miss them. I'm, I'm enjoying every, I'm enjoying every second of him playing this year. Now, I don't know. Anything, let me preface this with the, I don't know anything about our farm system really. So um, I am asking you, I don't know if you know about yours, but is there anyone in the pipeline that like it would make sense for the Astros to not sign Correa as a 26 year old shortstop? Like that's a thing that I have high hopes for the Yankees, but the reality is Glaber Torres is only like 23 years old and they have him, they have team control of him for a long time. So unless they move him and trade him somewhere, there's no shot that they're going to sign Correa, especially since they just signed Cole. So I think it's a pipe dream for me, but does it make sense for the Astros to move to let Correa walk? Like, is there anyone else that was going to come up and take that spot? I think that uh, if he has a good season this year and, you know, if things go well this season, then I think that there's a very strong possibility that he might stay because he's going to keep the door open for negotiations and he's going to, um, like Click and Crane both said, they are going to work and work very hard to keep him here. But we do have Pedro Leon, who is was like one of the top touted like international uh, free agents, and he was uh, he's he's incredible. And we also have like a um, you know Jeremy Pena. We have a lot of good 
uh, we have a lot of good uh, young players in our double A and our triple A. And because um, like we've made a, a few really impressive uh, international free agent signings because we don't really have draft picks this year. Um, <laughs> and I think that's for like all Houston sports because Daryl Morey traded away all of the Rockets picks and uh, Bill O'Brien traded away all of the Texans picks. But we were such ass last season that hopefully we get something. Um, God damn, yeah, Houston sports has been rough. Um, but yeah, Pedro Leon, I think, is the one that I would be most excited about. And he is, I at least for me, he's the one that has the most potential to uh, step into that Korea type role. But he still has a few, he needs some more time to develop. I don't know that he'd be able to really slot in and be the leader and kind of like the presence of Korea was. So my guess is we either sign Korea or you know, we go out there and look at the class of a uh, free agent shortstops because uh, it's going to be an impressive class this year, unless they all are signed or traded or I don't know what. But Korea is will be the youngest one, uh, the youngest shortstop in this free agent class. And I will say this: I'm a very, very, very pro player. So whatever the owner and the GM say, as far as working hard to keep Korea, I, I don't obviously know Korea at all, but I would bet my life that no one wants to stay in Houston more than he does. So when they say that they're working really hard to keep him, if he goes elsewhere, don't pile on Korea, Astros fans. Oh, it's oh, like cheap-ass owners. They don't want to pay the contracts, but they say they give the lip service that they're working really hard. So that way when the player leaves, it looks like, the Astros were like, hey, we did everything we could and he just doesn't want it. And then the fans get on the players for being greedy and all of that nonsense. Just know that that guy wants to stay there, but he, this is going to be the one time he hits free agency and this is his one shot to make money as a professional athlete. So don't blame him if he goes elsewhere. Blame the ownership of your team. Oh, 100%. And that's the thing is like, especially like with the short season last season or when they were trying to negotiate everything, I really thought it was super shitty of like the MLB because they engineered it to where they, they engineered the public narrative to make the players and the players union, the villains. Oh, totally. Every time. Absolute horseshit. And then it came out later on. He's like, uh, manager was like, Oh, you know, I never, uh, I never intended to play anything more than 60 games this season. <laughs> My favorite, favorite moment of unity with every baseball fan is that I know that I was booing from home, but when Manfred came out to present the trophy at the world series at the, like a uh, game six or whatever of the world series last year, everyone collectively booed him. And that warmed my heart. Honestly, yeah, was. that was brutal. That was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen on live television, but I made myself watch. I did not turn away. Uh, that and uh, anytime you see Zach Hample eating shit when he's trying to catch a ball, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh my god yeah that was great Every, that was another moment of unity uh, across the league right and people like some people are like oh it's not really a bad guy it's really not that and i was like okay listen i've had two per two run-ins with him and each time he was unpleasant one of them was at the astros series it was astros v yankees in june of 2019 and i was sitting in section 237 row one that's just right above the visitors bullpen and he was like elbowing and trying to push his way to the front and he didn't even have tickets in that section he had like nosebleed tickets <laughs> and then he did the same same stuff in the alcs of that year uh and there were some there was like a set of parents behind me that were trying to catch a ball for their kid and i had my glove and i was an astros fan 
So I was like, I would, uh, they, they would throw balls to me and I would play a catch with uh, Javier Bracamonte. He's the bullpen catcher for the Astros. And I told him, uh, I ended up like giving away cause they uh, ended up giving away most, like all of the balls that I got that night. But, uh, yeah, he was not trying to do that initially. So no, he's a tool bag tool bag well emily i really appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight um it is the uh it was my utmost pleasure and i will uh let you know about those tickets if you're interested um and again uh would you remind uh the listeners where we can find you on twitter and your podcast on twitter Sure. You can find me on Twitter at mshedoesit, E-M-S-H-E-D-O-E-S-I-T. And Breaking Balls, you can find at BreakBallsPod. And we release episodes every Thursday. And the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. And good luck this week. Thank you so much. And before we go, don't forget to check out Ram shirts. uh, And don't forget to enter our giveaway. It has started. So email the phrase, dad. Somewhere in your email, include that phrase to astrosbaseballpodcast at gmail.com and you could win a shirt for your dad and or other male person in your life. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.